Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Nikola Jokic, he is a Denver Nuggets basketball player. He had a quote, if you want to be successful, you need to be bad, then you need to be good. Then when you're good, you need to fail. And then when you fail, you're going to figure it out. Today's show is about resilience. All right, before we get going, we got to welcome Lisa back. She's been gone only two weeks. It seems we're, like forever though, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> she and I were talking the other day. We we're we're getting we're gonna get back in a in a rhythm. It is summertime and there will be there will be traveling. Uh, but she and I are going to make a commitment to you right here publicly that we're going to at least get ahead. So if either one of us are traveling, then hopefully it will be invisible to you. So anyway, welcome back. Glad, Thank glad you. to I have you. you. I miss you and everybody. Yeah. Glad to have you on the other side of the screen here. <laughs> so here we are in Dallas, Texas and the NBA finals. Now I'm going to freely admit to you, Lisa can chime in here. I am not an NBA fan. I I don't watch. I didn't watch a single game, but the Denver Nuggets, they won their championship and they have a Serbian player. And here in Dallas, we have a, uh, as they call them in the, in the basketball world, a Euro player, Luka Doncic, who is just a stud. So it's gotten quite a bit of press here in Dallas, probably because Denver has got this player, Nikola, Nikola, how do we say his name? <laughs> Jokic. <laughs> Jokic. And he's he's kind of their premier. He's their premier guy. Yeah. But after the after the series, I came across a quote and shared it with Lisa, and we thought this would be a a, a really good topic. And the quote is: If you want to be successful, you need to be bad. Then you need to be good. Then when you're good, you need to fail. And then when you fail you're going to figure it out. Now, those people that have been around me any time at all know that that whole figure it out phrase is Mm -hmm. kind of key. It's kind of a a keynote phrase for me because I think that's really what largely all of this work is. We are trying to figure it out. We came up with a leadership recipe and we'll talk more about that in a, in a future episode because we're, we're going to kind of do some things to tweak that. So I'll go ahead and tease you a little bit with that. But those five ingredients, one of the big things about those ingredients is it doesn't matter your communication style. It doesn't matter your temperament. It doesn't matter how you roll your personality. Those ingredients are in play all the time, but we're all on this real personal journey of trying to figure it out. And so that quote, that quote got my attention largely because of that phrase, figure it out. But we kind of want to dissect this a little bit. So if you want to be successful, you need to be bad. Then you need to be good. Then when you're good, you need to fail. And when you fail, you're going to figure it out. It kind of goes hand in hand with my favorite quote. And that is everything is hard until it's easy. So when I sent that to you, Lisa, any, I mean, what, what was the, any big epiphanies for you? For me, it just sums up growth. Uh, you, Each of us 
I always equate it kind of to um, parenting or, you know, starting a new job when I was in my twenties and started in, I looking back where you were at at 20 and where you're at now, totally different a different galaxy perspectives and different galaxies and in our in our journey of growth because when you start your first job you know nothing you don't even many kids nowadays that we hire we have to teach even basic like etiquette like you can't be on your phone at the front desk all day you know you you can't have your earbud in i mean but it's the basics you can't eat at the front counter when somebody's there you know it's just these kind of simple and once you tell them they're like oh that makes total sense you know but they you don't know what you don't know. Um, some of it's logic. Some of it's. Did somebody learned. other than your parents teach you those things, by the way? No, my parents taught me that. And <laughs> yeah. then, and then in, in, uh, in life, you know, as you grow in your job, you definitely have to, you just, you just don't know. So you have people teaching you and it's all, it kind of equates to the, as I go through the journey of teaching my team, different things. Uh, I laugh. And if Uriah is one of my HR managers and um, we went through the civil service, which for cities that aren't in that or cities outside of Texas, that is our fire and police state law that you have to adopt. If you adopt it, it governs us. But I I laughed because uh, when I I was teaching Uriah for when I long term, you know, eventually retire and said, you got to learn civil service. And it appears black and white in the law. And I said, it looks like it's clear. It is not clear. It is everything is gray. Consider everything gray, and it is not what it seems because it's it seems one way, but you make one slight minor mistake, and it can be major. That seems like it would be minor. Well, all the, I say that because as she went through it, there was there were hiccups that she made, and I would go, okay, yeah, I know it says that, but that's not what it means. There's this case law, and and then and she's like, oh, okay, got it, you know, and we would go through different things. And so we went through this whole long process of police promotionals that they have to do a assessment centers and written exercises and all these things. And at the end of it, I said, so what did you learn about civil service? She goes, I learned that I know nothing about civil service. Right. <laughs> Just thought you, you know, did. yeah, but it's, it's that whole growth process of you're really, you're bad. And I, and I say that in a fun way because it doesn't mean bad as a person you're just bad at your job until Mm -hmm. you become good at it and then once you become good at it you have to have these i call them hiccups uh roadblocks stumbles you have to move through those to grow because now really we learn best we hate learning best but we learn best through the trials through the through the war you know you learn how to do things better and more efficiently and to grow that's what that's what stood out to me, Randy, and that whole quote. And uh, Thomas Edison, you know, I love that quote. You know, they said, you know, talked about him failing. He goes, well, I didn't fail. I just found 10,000 ways to do it different. Yeah. Or 10,000 ways that didn't work. Right. Right. So it's all in percep- perspective on how you view it. Uh, and I tell my team, it's moving through it. You got to move through the mistakes and, and regroup and move on with confidence. It's just getting through them and getting past them and then I think it, it and I think I think at a higher level I mean it speaks to I think it speaks to the fact that there are so many people at any age mm-hmm. who think it shouldn't be this hard you know I I hearken back to in some of my church work I, I've 
I've worked with a number of young married couples, and I remember the first time it happened to me, which was a long, long time ago, uh, a young bride, they were they were having typical year one kinds of challenges as a, as a young couple. And she said to me, you know, it, it shouldn't be this hard. And I said, why? Why do you not think it should? You know, well, we, we love each other. And what I said, it it's hard. It's hard. I mean, you're going to have to go through this hard. And I think that quote by this player speaks to the fact that because what we see largely online, we see the successes. I mean, it's pretty rare for people to share their failures because we don't want to ballyhoo those. You know, we want to keep that. Let's keep those off of LinkedIn. Let's keep those off of our resume. And I understand that. It's like the highlight reel. You know, you see this yeah. highlight reel that makes it look like everything's glorious. And it's That's not. Right. Life life is not easy, let me tell you. Well, the, the work that goes in, any of us who've accomplished anything at all, we understand the work that goes in, and yet in our brains we somehow forget. We forget all that. You know, if you took any kind of lessons to learn a musical instrument, you were dreadful. You were dreadful. Everybody in your house knew you were dreadful until you got to where you weren't dreadful. Um, and look, all at, of those... look at sports. You did hockey. My kids did baseball and softball. Those are yeah. not, you don't just get on the ice and miraculously you're amazing. You fall, yeah. you no. get up, you just learn to skate. You learned how to get to the puck and shoot the puck. And you know, it's just, well, not, and we've all got talents. Easy. Yeah. And we've all got talents and some things can come easier for some people. It's kind of interesting that, the the race in our careers isn't always won by the fastest person though that's right you know the the person who might be the most naturally gifted athlete may not be the rock star in the entire professional league they might uh, but they might not there was another quote this uh, jokic was asked about the importance of basketball in his life and he said, basketball is not the main thing in my life. It's something that I'm good at. And that quote is with a picture of him. He's got the championship hats on and he's holding, he's holding his, uh, I think it's a son, but he's holding a baby, his baby in his arms. You know, it's something that I'm good at. So whether you're good at it or not being good at something naturally could mean that you can shorten you can shorten that pain. You can shorten the failure. You're still going to have it. That's right. It's still, it's still coming your way. I grew up being taught by old guys, mainly old guys, a few old women, but mostly old guys that, you know, the resistance, the adversity, the trials, the push through, that's the barrier of entry. That's what... <laughs> I remember one old man saying, that's what keeps the riffraff out away from success. Now riffraff can succeed. Let's make no mistake about it, but I got his point. You know, I was a young guy and I understood the point that this is the price you're going to have to pay to achieve what you want to achieve. And if you don't want to achieve it, that that's fine. You know, that's up to you. You know, the will that we have to win, the will that we have to grow, the will that we have to improve, and how we see the world and how we see our place in it, 
there are plenty of people. I hope nobody listening to us that just assume that life, they, they just have to take what they're given. But I also think that quote speaks a little bit to that. Yeah. You know, it's not a victim kind of a mindset. If you want to be successful, you need to be bad. I would add to that. You need to be willing to be bad. And then you need to be willing to pay the price to get good. And you need to be, you need to be good with failing, not to the point where you feel victimized, but for the point that, okay, why did, why did that fail? What can I do to improve on that? We talk about risk at, you know, here when I, when I'm working with my team and I know our city manager's office believes that if, if, you know, if you're not in city government, your CEO, et cetera, we talk about taking risk. We're okay. I always tell my team, don't be afraid to fail. We, we will not know. We can try five different programs. I want thought put into them and, and make sure we've done our legwork to make sure it's, it appears to be viable. It appears that it would be successful, but don't be afraid if it fails, you're not looked upon negatively. Okay. We failed. Let's either tweak it, assess it and get rid of it, or just continue to improve it until it does produce what the, as we, you and I always call it, Randy, the ideal outcome. But the first attempt that didn't work, I'm fine with it. You know, we can either drop it or we can keep tweaking it and making it better and better and better until it's kind of like our grow me grand. It was good. It wasn't, it didn't turn out bad. The first one, it was good, but we didn't settle at good. We wanted great. And so we've tweaked it again. And now here we're getting ready to go in our third session. Um, grow me grand is an internal leadership development program at the city of Grand Prairie, by the way. It's got for, a mentorship yeah. component, et cetera, but we're tweaking it for the third one to make it even better and to continue to grow the mentors, et cetera. So I, I believe it's all perspective. You know, I'm because something didn't work out. Uh, I guess a lot of people will call that a failure. I don't really call it a failure. It's just, okay, that, that didn't work out as I had planned. So let's, let's tweak it and move forward. Um, how do you handle being bad at something? Uh, it's a personal challenge to me. If I'm bad at something, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm so, I'm such an optimist and, and positive. Well, you know, let's if, put if, context to this. Let's yeah. keep it in the balance of work right? and things that you, that you know, you need to get good at things that you want to get good at. So we, we need to make some assumptions there. Cause there are some things that I'm, I may be bad at and I don't care because mm -hmm. I don't really want to do it anyway. That's right. <laughs> Right. So, well, and you're all, everybody's going to have a strength and everybody's going to have something that they need to enhance a weakness, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think we're, I think everybody's probably bad at something. And then it's a matter of choice. Is it something you need to improve to become better at your role? If we're talking business, uh, is it something you can surround yourself with people who have that strength and you just draw on the, the strength of your team for those areas. But for me personally, if I'm, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about communication is always the number one issue, right? And it pretty mm -hmm. much probably anywhere yep. uh, in some form. Communication is a skill and you have to practice it and have somebody coaching you to make yourself better at it. Um, I, I pride myself on, I believe I'm a good communicator and, um, I try to teach other people how to communicate well in difficult situations, the crucial conversations, but man, I wasn't good at it before. I had to 
I had to listen to those around me and I, and I talked to people of how could I have done that, but that didn't go well. How could I have done that better? And just got drawn on wisdom and then tried it and applied it and get, got a little bit better. You know what I mean? So how it's important, just practice. How, it's just how, important practice. how important in all that is your anxiousness to learn? Is your anxiousness to get it right? Your desire and drive to get it right? Where does that fit For in? For me, it's high. I, you know, I, I, I drive, I'm a driver anyway. Mm -hmm. I, it's a, like I said, it's a personal challenge to me. If I'm not good at something, I'm not afraid of it to dig in and try to do better. Uh, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's just a, it's a personal well, because the alternative commitment. is just, the alternative is just throw your hands up and give up and say, yeah. forget it. No, I, I usually dig in. If it's something I'm not good at and I don't want to be good at, and it's not critical to my role, then I just weigh those and I, I try to improve, but I'm not too worried about it. I'll just draw on the strengths of others that have that natural, whatever, natural skill, natural ability. Uh, and I draw on that wisdom, but I try to, I try to get myself better and as good as I can be, but I focus on the things that are critical for my role. And that's where I put my effort and energy to make it better, better for the team. We talked about it in previous podcasts, leadership. I learned a lot about my leadership when we went through the short staffing and, mm -hmm. um, you know, addition by subtraction, as we called it, um, on the team. And then I assessed and said, okay, here's where I, my gaps were, which is, uh, you know, it was on kind of the team building camaraderie. I was just coming in, getting my job done, working with a great relationship with the team, but I wasn't investing in the engagement side on a daily basis. Does that make sense? I mean, I'd still no. talk to them. We had a good relationships, but I wasn't building the team together to have camaraderie with one another. And that was, that took a lot of effort. I mean, it was two years worth of failing. That didn't work. Okay, let me try this until I kind of got in a groove and got input and got feedback from others and talked with you and tried to figure out how, how do I, how do I do this differently? And that was growth, but I was, I was absolutely driven to make it better. Not for me so much, but for my team's sake, I wanted my team to, to experience that growth and that connection and that camaraderie. Um, I had it with each team member. They didn't have it with one another. And that's where I had to figure it out, as you said, to make sure we created an environment where they really enjoyed being with one another and serving one another. Yeah. And as leaders, if we're stuck and we, and we don't think that that's going to filter down to stick our team, we're, we're deluded. You're, yes. You know, so right. a lot of this is self-awareness. So the quote, if you want to be successful and that's a big, if because everybody says they want to be, but that doesn't mean you really want to be. That doesn't mean that you're how much effort are you going to put into yeah, it? Yeah, doesn't mean that you've got you've got the will the will to win. I learned through coaching kids up up through college age guys that man, it, the sweetest experience for me as a as a coach in those kinds of contexts is when you've got skilled players who've got natural ability and man, do they have a will to win? Yes. I mean, it's pretty stinking awesome. The most frustrating thing, there's two of them. One is the highly skilled person that doesn't have the will to win. And the person that really doesn't have the skill necessary, but man, do they have the will? They have the heart. Yeah. You know, they so want it, 
but it's just so hard for them and that's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to watch but give me that all day over the person that man they've got all kinds of natural talent but they're so nonchalant they really don't care so if you want to be successful if you want to be a great leader in city government you've got to want it you just have to want it and if you don't want it lisa me nobody's going to give that to you you've got to muster that up yourself and then this whole need to be bad and need to be good and your willingness to live with both of those things as well as failure and figuring out failure these are really this is really personal work it's and you have really- to persevere you cannot sit idly by waiting for greatness to fall in your lap it is not going to happen no and you can't wait for the adversity you know to pass you've got to deal with the present as best you can we're all like doctors we don't want to first we don't want to do harm we don't want to make a bad situation worse and that's where wisdom comes in my definition of wisdom is pretty straightforward it's getting it right in real time and that's hard it's hard to get it right in real time because we're dealing with usually very limited knowledge we're absolutely dealing with limited resources so we just got to do the best we can does that mean in retrospect as we look back that okay well that was the best i could do sometimes it is sometimes that's the best we could do then okay but now now i've got some clarity about it which is what this whole growth thing is is all about so it's high 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 self-awareness the better that we can know ourselves the better we can understand ourselves to your point. So you understood some things that, okay, I'm not really naturally good at this and I really don't care that much, but it is important. Well, that's a great thing to be aware of as a leader, because now guess what you can do. There are people on the planet who that's their thing, man, that thing that you don't necessarily love and that you're not necessarily so great at, they love it. Mm-hmm. You know, they absolutely love it and they devour it and they want to be successful at it. So can we find those people? Can we develop those people and let them shine in an area that we don't? I mean, it's a perfect illustration of why you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to do it all. You don't need to do it all. Like you referenced coaching. Um, If we can focus on being bad, then being good working through our failures and picking ourselves up and keep moving to improve the real impact in my mind is not, I mean, it is self-serving because you want to be the best you can be if you're driven and your effort and energy is in improving yourself or others. Well, it's self-beneficial for sure. Of course. But then to me, the bigger impact like coaching, and I'm sure you did with your team, I saw the bigger impact with Don is like you said, he had it. He had exactly what you mentioned. He had a great group of kids that happened to come together with skill at nine, all that lived in Carrollton. And he had a few that had heart and limited skill, but his job was to bring out the best in them with what they have. Right. If they had heart, he played to that advantage in tournaments, you know, I remember, uh, I'll give an example that, that I've always loved. He had a pitcher that had a great heart. He was a little skinny kid, could barely get the ball over the plate, would lob them. Well, you know, when he would interject him and do a tournament game on the final game was when all the kids hit fastballs. 
he would put him in. He's like, Lucas, just get it over the plate, buddy. Yeah. And Lucas would throw that ball Completely and it would arch like a softball and drop. And those kids would be going full on swinging, going swinging in a circle and nearly right. falling down trying to right. that, you know, but it's those moments. And then what we do as leaders, when you're working on yourself and getting better, I always remind people, everybody's watching your team is watching how you move through difficulties. Your team is watching how you react in the failure. I mean, you have such great impact to others that I hope everybody listening realizes because they are watching you and they will follow the leader and follow your actions. Not always, not every person, but the vast majority that want to grow are exactly watching how you respond and it's teaching them how they can respond. So when they're growing and moving through failures and trying to get better from being bad to good, the impact you have is enormous. And I saw as a coach, Don's impact almost was greater. He taught skills, but he really taught heart. He taught perseverance and he, he grew a young group of athletes into men as a second parent almost. Right. Uh, and those families relied on him. And I don't know how many times in serving the team through his failures and their failures, that he served the parents just as much. He lifted them up. He helped them when they were struggling. I mean, it, it goes way beyond, you know, people think it's just, I need to focus on me, but your focus on you becomes a focus on others, which is what our leadership recipe is about. And, and that's what I remind people here in your growth, you can dramatically influence the growth of others just through your own development and actions. Well, the coach of a sports team like that, like Don's work and my work, uh, you know, with kids, any coach worth their salt in that context, you're just, your job is to put these kids in positions where they can achieve success. It's not guaranteed. It's never guaranteed. Failure is way more guaranteed than success, but failure can be a road to success or failure can be a road to a pity party. You know, that's entirely up to, up to the the team, the culture, the player, the coach. But for those of us in leadership at work, to your point of people paying attention to us, our team is going to learn something from us. That's they're either right. going to learn how to do it or they're going to learn how not to do it. That's right. And they will remember those moments. Well, I've gone on look, record. I can yeah. look back and I'm sure you can look back on somebody that did something really poorly or really well, and it impacted us in that moment in our career. And the person may or may not even know that the influence they had. Well, I was a decade into my into my into my career, starting as a fifteen year old, and I had I had some I had some good momentary examples. But as far as having bosses that really taught me how to do it, no. I mostly learned how not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> my adult journey was, it, it began in my mid twenties with me having a thesis of how it ought to be. Right. Because I'd never experienced it. I just had some, I had some theories that here's what I think, here's what I believe. And I just started pressure testing them. I put them to work and turns out not because I'm brilliant but I learned how not to do it. Yeah. And so 
that's up to us. So all of us who have got any influence at all at work, and we all do, we're teaching people. doesn't matter if you're the boss or not. If you're the boss, then it's just amplified. But whether or not you're the boss in, in a leadership position, we're influencing people and we're either influencing them and showing them that this quote that we've shared with this high end athlete in the NBA, that that's not how it works. You can't be bad. You can't fail. If you are, then you're a failure and you can have that kind of culture if you want. And we can teach people that, or we can teach people. This is part of the process. We're not talking about recklessness. We're not talking about thoughtlessness. We're not talking about ill preparation. We're talking about people that given a set of circumstances and understanding, this was the decision that they made and it didn't quite work out or didn't work out as well as it could have. And now they can learn something from it. Mm -hmm. And thankfully Lisa's in a culture that not only tolerates that, but I would say kind of sort of fosters it again, be thoughtful, be prepared, get your ducks in a row, make sure you've done your homework. Yeah. But you, you can, have to lay it out. You have you to can still you have to get it wrong. It. Yes. You have to think about the project and try to try to build it in such a way that it fits your culture. You've, you've figured out the details, you're figuring out the outcomes and you've built the program around that. But if it fails, we're not afraid to take the risk. It's just, you know, it becomes a pattern. If you fail five times and you tried five times, then that becomes a bigger issue. That's a different discussion, right? That, okay, we need to vet these a little bit better and things like that. Well, now you're experienced. No. And now you've got an issue where, okay, we, we may have a person who they're not learning. They're not learning from the mistakes. They're not making the journey from being bad to good. They're not making the journey from failing to succeeding. That's right. We have to figure that out. We all have got to figure out how to do that and repeating it is not the answer. The answer is, okay, how can we do more of what works and less of what is not working? And that can be hard for some harder for some than others. Much of I'm, I'm similar to you, but I had, I I benefited in my early career. I had two very poor leaders, like you said, and I quickly, and I was in my 20, I mean, young twenties. And I quickly learned, well, I don't, I don't want to be that, you know, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even in a leadership role. I was in a lead. Well, I say that I was in a supervisory role um, <clears throat> at a very big corporation. But um, after that, I was in more of a, like an analyst type role. Um, but you learn from the people around you that you watch and go, gosh, that's not how I would have done it. If I had the opportunity to be in that same position, but when I came to Grand Prairie, I was fortunate to have a great leader that was very wise and very calm and very patient and thoughtful. Um, and I grew so much under him because he was like you and just would ask questions. Well, tell me, you know, how did you get there? What was your reasoning behind doing it that way? And he never really gave me an answer. He just kept asking questions. I'm like, you know, you're right. I probably should have thought about blah, 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 blah. He never gave me the answer. He just led me to the answer. So I found it myself. And through that practice, and then, um, of course, having you uh, as a coach, practicing those same things, I think we grow so much more through people that invest in us and are willing to help us, I call it see the light, to help us see the light on our own. Like you said, because we have to lean into ourselves. 
I don't want to be somebody else. I want to be me, but I just need to be the better, the better and best version of me that I can be. That's good for others. Right. Um, I want to help others. So I want to be the best of best version of me that I can be. And that's truly what coaches or mentors can help you become through that wisdom. All right. Any parting shots about this? So let me read it one more time. If you want to be successful, you need to be bad. Then you need to be good. Then when you're good, you need to fail. Then when you fail, you're going to figure it out. For me and the audience, I would tell you as you're moving through growth, you will become better, but if you have to be actively engaged and have your, I call it, have your, uh, eye on the prize, you know, you have to, it's a constant journey. It's not a, it's not a finish line that stops at some point in your career. You will just continue growth at different levels as you progress, but you need to have an invested interest and purpose and intentional methods to get where you want to go. It's don't just wait for it to happen or you'll be waiting your lifetime. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, the City Government Leadership Podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.